Taylor's Ghosts live at, this, live at the Yellow Ghetto. And we start out with Dweezil Zappa gave us Funky 15 from his CD, Via Zamata. Let's play us a, a promo here, and then we'll have a Gray Matters coming up right after this. Woke up this morning from between midnight and day. Tune your radio to 88.3 at 7 p.m. every Monday evening for Yazoo City Calling, an hour-long show of blues roots music from the early half of the 20th century. Your rotating hosts include myself, Morgan Drake, and the show's creator, Jerry Mack. Come check it out. Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. That was the sports show, but uh, they're off probably for another couple of weeks uh, in between breaks here at the University of Michigan. And it's brilliant out there. The slivy toves did gyre and gimbal in the wave. <laughs> yeah, if you really don't need to go anywhere, don't. Because it's sloppy, slippy, soupy weather because it's turning to rain now. And I was just trying to pull uh, the radar up before we went on. And there's no end to this storm. It just keeps coming. It's pluming all the way up from the Gulf of yeah. uh, Mexico. Uh, and so this is a huge system that's working its way through. And, of course, this is the system that created all the problems in... Uh, Two dozen deaths in Texas? There's 50 to 60 deaths linked to this uh, this system. Tornadoes, uh, blizzards, uh, terrible weather. Uh, this may take <laughs> people's eye off Eisel uh, for a couple of uh, weeks. Uh, obviously, uh, Oklahoma and Texas have been heavily affected. I'm kind of curious to to know if James Inhofe, senator from Oklahoma, who once called uh, climate change a hoax. I wonder what he's... Uh, I was dealing with this weather, but uh, states of emergency in various states. Ann Arbor, it's not too bad, but I will report that the Ann Arbor Public Library did shut down early this evening for the ice storm, so don't bother going there. They closed at 4 o'clock. And Jim is absolutely correct. If you don't have to go anywhere tonight, walk. It's uh, The sidewalks are kind of interesting. The, the precipitation mix, there's that joke about Eskimos and snow. This is one of those weird precipitation mixes where we're actually kind of getting almost sand. The uh, ice crystals are so granular uh, that they actually have some grip to them. But uh, it's like walking in sand. But luckily underneath, it's not that bad, and the temperatures are supposed to go up, so tomorrow may be a slushy journey. But uh, be careful out there, and just remember that car accidents kill far more people in the United States than... Terrorism. Terrorists. <laughs> in fact, I'm, I've always wondered uh, when they're going to start documenting uh, deaths from texting and driving. 
and uh, when they're going to do something about that because I see way too much of that uh, going on. And by the way, that is far more dangerous. Uh, as bad and horrible as these mass shootings are, uh, far more dangerous to the public than one might believe. I don't know what you thought of that big uh, news story about the drone situation in America. They were talking about how drones, little tiny drones, home home kits, uh, were going to be uh, regulated by the FAA. Apparently there's some discrepancy between various state regulations yeah. and FAA regulations. And I was... You know, they were talking about how this was going to be one of the big uh, holiday uh, presents under the the tree brought by Santa Claus this year. But once again, we're kind of getting into an area of technology where I don't know that our legislative system is up to snuff in terms of dealing with the potential problems that these things may be causing. It's, it's a real uh, consideration because, just for example, when— uh the cell phone technology first came into everybody's hands. Uh, I was teaching high school, and suddenly there was a year where every student had a phone, and they're looking at their phone all the time. And pretty soon those phones have cameras, and people are taking photos of quizzes during first hour and disseminating them throughout the day. And watching school administrators try to catch up with the technology, uh, it was often a futile gesture. Yeah. Um, so these drones, it's the same sort of thing. Um, how are we supposed to keep track of all these devices flying around, potentially hazardous? Well, potentially even explosive devices. Right. I mean, I, I you know, I, this is completely absent that I can tell from the, the even the consideration in this this whole area. And I personally have been somewhat disappointed that there hasn't been more focus on the growing influence of a few technology companies, the way they're dominating our economy, in some cases screwing things up. Mm. There's been a little bit of a debate in the last couple of weeks about uh, Eisel's use of uh, social media. But I thought one of the most interesting essays I read this past year was by Robert Reich, or Reich, I guess is actually how he pronounces his name. He was the former labor secretary under Bill Clinton, and is still teaching uh, public policy, uh, economics, that kind of thing, out at uh, the University of California at Berkeley. He's got an upcoming book called Saving Capitalism for the Many, Not for the Few, and an essay that appeared in the uh, 20th of September, uh, Sunday edition of the New York Times, Big tech has become way too powerful. I don't even think this issue has been brought up in any of the debates. But I wanted to quote a couple of interesting comments that he makes in this essay derived from the book. He points out that, um, you know, and he's mainly focused here on Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Apple, etc. Uh, Amazon sells more than 40% of the new books in the United States Facebook has 1.5 billion active monthly users worldwide. This is where the money is. Despite the explosion in the number of websites over the last decade, page views are becoming more concentrated. While in 2001, the top 10 websites accounted for 31% of all page viewings, by 2010, the top 10 accounted for 75%. Hmm. 
Um, Google and Facebook are now the first stops and only stops for many Americans seeking news while Internet traffic to much of the nation's newspapers, network TV, etc., and other news gathering agencies has fallen well below 50% of all traffic. Amazon, meanwhile, is now the first stop for almost a third of all American consumers thinking to buy anything. Talk about power. And, and talk it, about the dumbing down of the news stream and also the limiting of options. I mean, the whole point of having a free market system is to make an abundance of options available to the consumer. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly the opposite. It is, and I think that one of the interesting things about uh, the way history repeats itself, I won't bother quoting Karl Marx here, um, <laughs> history repeats itself first as tragedy and then as farce, uh, but I think uh, that uh, quip uh, has some uh, uses from time to time, but it's quite interesting how at the turn of the last century, we saw in an unbelievable concentration of economic power in the uh, big railroad corporations and the big oil corporations as oil was becoming more important into the global economy, hence the growth of standard oil and the concentration of power. And while we talk uh, in the presidential debates and the political uh, debate throughout the, the past year a, a lot about this inequality problem, it's not just about education. Half the, the low-wage uh, workers in the United States, by the way, went to college. We have an unbelievable concentration of economic power in fewer and fewer multinational corporations, and nobody says anything about it. It's terrible. And uh, I have not yet read Robert Reich's new book, but uh, I think that this the gist of this argument that big tech has become uh, way too powerful is a valid uh, consideration uh, given the fact that we are seeing history repeat itself here. And, of course, it's a continuation of ongoing trends. Uh, a gentleman named Ben Bagdikian had a famous book, Media Monopoly, uh, that sort of looked at a specific moment in history. This would have been in the early, mid-'80s where all the media outlets in the world were owned by a couple dozen corporations. Uh, in the short time since then, it's now in a small handful of corporate entities. And so it does get more and more concentrated um, as time goes by. Perhaps an underreported story this year in the news. Uh, interesting to hear today that Ramadi in Iraq has been... <clears throat> Uh, while their plane captured the flag, the Iraqi uh, army has put up the Iraqi flag earlier this summer. I think I even have the article here somewhere. Oh, yes, from the 18th of May. It says ISIS captures key Iraqi city despite airstrikes. And I've talked a little bit about the last couple of weeks that the uh, progress against ISIL in recent weeks has actually been fairly clear cut. Yet uh, you wouldn't believe that if you were listening to these presidential candidates continuing to fret and uh, spread doom and gloom about the growth of ISIL and the problems therein. I obviously do think that the uh, big websites should not allow ISIL's propaganda to go onto the website unimpeded. Uh, 
I think that there need need to be controls, and I think that you got to make it very difficult for them to get their uh, scandalous, outrageous message onto social media websites. And it's not a violation of free speech. <laughs> Since when is the internet a uh, a uh, a free speech venue? <laughs> That's just my opinion, and uh, I think uh, that needs to happen. But uh, in any event, uh, using airstrikes from the American uh, Air Force, uh, the Iraqi ground forces have taken control of most of Ramadi, and ISIL is on the run in Iraq. Well, there's an item in uh, Sunday's paper, too, that uh, a dam has been seized. The Tishrin Dam, which supplies northern Syria with much of its electricity, has been seized by U.S.-backed coalition rebels. So here's another setback for ISIL. So they are happening. It is not quite as... uh, They're not teetering on the edge of world domination as uh, Ted Cruz might uh, lead many people to believe... Uh, also, uh, today it was reported that <clears throat> there will be no indictments uh, in the uh, Cleveland police shooting of uh, Mr. Well, young Tamir Rice, uh, the the kid that was playing with a a gun, a toy gun, but a gun that unfortunately looked too realistic uh, for common sense, shall we say. Uh, way too many police shootings in the United States. I read an interesting item from Harper's Index not long ago that in Great Britain, in the last two years, there have been two police shootings. Two. Total of two. In the United States, it averages about two and a half per day. These are very different situations. These problems continue Another tragedy in Chicago over the past weekend. We don't know all of the details again, but uh, it's... uh, And, of course, the Chicago police are already being investigated on a federal level. Yeah. and Justice Department. These these things need to continue. Allegedly investigating domestic violence, a domestic violence complaint. Mental illness was possibly involved. But at the end of the day, it's it's the the fear of guns and the fact that there are simply too many guns out there or toys that look like guns, for gosh sakes. Terrible uh, ideas to have children playing with anything that even remotely resembles a real gun. Well, there's an old ad, a toy ad um, that I saw repeated on TV recently. An actual toy ad featuring a, a very young Kurt Russell as uh, one of two boys sort of perched behind a little grassy mound along some shrubs. And uh, they're pretending that they're in a war and they're shooting this gun. Wow, it makes real combat noises. And then in this, this is the advertisement for this toy. Two police officers get out of a car and they say, did you hear that? Sounds like a gun. And they go over to this bush and they see these kids and they go, wow, that's a really cool toy, you know, and they're examining the toy and they're, oh, buy this toy and it's the greatest. I mean, that's psychotic from top to bottom. <laughs> and it's sort of emblematic of where America's future lies, except 
those kids would have been sent off to Vietnam, and if that scenario unfolded today, they would have been shot dead by the police before they even really walked around the other side of the shrub. So the uh, obsession with uh, gun love in American culture is, is really baffling. And by the way, uh, Jeb Bush, of course, is running for president still. Uh, it's breaking news. <laughs> I think he's below uh, the number of wins that the Lions have attained already in terms of support in the Republican Party. You got to be amused when uh, they, they have articles uh, about Jeb Bush's uh, problems in the campaign and they say, well, they're bringing out Jeb Bush, the comedian. He's funny. <laughs> I, you know, he has made some, you know, droll, self-deprecating remarks. Uh, but uh, that's no way to round up the, the gusto brigade. Well, maybe he can take over for, for one of the late night TV talk show hosts eventually as a stand-in for Johnny Carson. But, of course, uh, while he was governor of Florida... Uh, they introduced a stand-your-ground mm -hmm. law. Wanted to report some of the uh, facts about how bad this uh, mm, legislation worked out. And for the record, I don't know that George Jeb Bush, I should say, was pushing this, but certainly the Florida legislature was. And, and he signed it. Marco Rubio might have had a big role in that. I seem to remember he was... A leader in the Florida legislature before he became a senator. In any event, the Tampa Bay Times examined the effects of the Florida 2005 law. This from an article by Robert Spitzer, a political science at SUNY, Cortland, and author of the most recently entitled book, Guns Across America, Reconciling Gun Rules and Rights. Okay, in about more than 200 cases, about half of them fatal from 2005 and 2012, it reported that the law's cheap beneficiaries were those with records of crime and violence. Nearly 60% of those making self-defense claims when a person was killed had been arrested at least once before. A third of those had been accused of violent crimes in the past. Over a third had illegally carried guns in the past or had threatened others with carrying guns. Researchers at the Texas A&M University studied FBI data to analyze the same 10-year period and found no evidence that stand-your-ground laws deterred crimes like burglary, robbery, or aggravated assault. But they did find an homicide rate increase of about 8%. That is about 600 additional homicides annually. A 2012 National Bureau of Economic Research study drew on different data, but it also found that Florida-type laws were associated with a 6.8% increase in homicide. There you have it. They yeah, of course. Those laws don't work. No, and of course it speaks volumes about, you know, uh, personal degrees of insecurity and uh, just anxiety. Because really, if you 
are so terrified to go out into the world uh, that you're going to be jumped that you've got to have some compensatory factor strapped on uh, to make it, we, we can do this. We can go out and we can go to this place and, and we won't get shot because I'm carrying, uh, is a form of madness. I mean, you, you just really don't need a gun to, uh, defend yourself. Uh, and of course, let's not forget too, uh, the uh, factor by which a U.S. gun death, death is more likely to be a suicide than a homicide, 1.8. So most guns, uh, you know, that kill are in fact suicides. Indeed. Um, and here's another good one. Uh, these are from the uh, Harper's Index as well. Minimum number of shooting incidents in the United States in the past year in which the shooter was a dog, two, uh, in which the shooter was a toddler, 50. 50 toddlers shot people last year. Now that, of course, these babies are not culpable for this, but what kind of a moron turns a toddler into a murderer by allowing clumsy, easy access to? I mean, the most shocking one is the woman at the Walmart who's shot when the toddler pulls the pistol out of her purse. She's at the checkout counter, and so everybody's day is ruined <laughs> forever. I mean, what can you say about that casual disregard for the potency of the weapon is just oh it's a sort of it's in there with the lipstick it's an accessory it's a fatal implement and now you've turned your child into a murderer arrest that baby the scanner has gone on the blank <laughs> <laughs> terrible stuff of course uh, all kinds of interesting environmental stories this year um Obviously, I don't think that the climate change accord in uh, Paris uh, sort of negotiated and agreed upon recently is going to solve all of our problems, but it's a beginning. However, uh, reported earlier this summer, actually this fall, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, 2015, likely to be the hottest year on record. Um, this by the way, is in connection with the El Nino phenomena that they were predicting. It's interesting. I actually saw a global, well, a map of the area on, on the globe where uh, El Nino occurs, which is basically some waters off the uh, coast of Peru, Ecuador, mm -hmm. that warms up uh, significantly. Um, and the temperature increases were unbelievable. We're talking about... Eight to nine degrees Fahrenheit in some spots. You're talking water temperatures? Yes. And of course, this is a natural phenomena that will affect uh, weather this winter here in the United States. We're already seeing that uh, with heavy rain out uh, in the Pacific Northwest that's causing mudslides, etc. They are actually getting something on the good side, they're getting some snowpack uh, in the Sierra Nevadas uh, because earlier this year a study found that the snowpack in California's Sierra Nevada to be the lowest in 500 years. Wow. This was during the drought. Uh, so the El Nino impact has had some interesting influence on um, the snowpack in uh, the Sierra Nevadas, which should help California a bit. We have these floods going on yep. in northern Britain. 
the highest recorded water on record. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a society that's you know formally been a sovereign nation since 1066, and people were certainly living in places like Leeds and Manchester. Uh, some music fans would know about Manchester for other reasons. Um, got a famous uh, football team. That's soccer for you Americans. Unbelievable. And uh, you see the pictures from those areas. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's almost reminiscent of the absurdity of seeing flooding this, this summer in, uh, I think it was Tbilisi, Georgia. I don't know if you saw the famous picture of the hippopotamus in the uh, in, out in the middle of right. Tbilisi. Yeah. That was surreal. <laughs> Basically what had happened, the flooding was so bad that it disrupted a zoo and mm-hmm. all the animals got out. But there was a hippopotamus standing in the middle of a city. Um, Not typically associated with uh, that sort of animal life. <laughs> with water, you know, yeah. pretty much up to his snout. It uh, sounds like it could be a play by Ionesco. Exactly. <laughs> what is that hippopotamus doing? <laughs> well, a uh, hippopotamus literally means water horse. So, indeed, perhaps the hippos will rise again uh, as ocean levels rise. I mean, part of the reason for the flooding in northern England is uh, sea storm surges sure. uh, with, of seawater. And, of course, uh, once the drains get backed up, there's nothing anybody can do but uh, wait with a bucket. And, so. and, of course, here in the United States, uh, we had 17 inches of precipitation in South Carolina earlier this mm-hmm. year. Um, by the way, in that event, I think there were about 35 to 40 deaths in North Carolina and South Carolina, mainly in South Carolina. Georgia, unprecedented uh, precipitation at the moment, with more on the way. So this is happening. This is uh, yeah, serious Yeah, again, this, stuff. this line of rain that's falling right now outside goes all the way down through Georgia to the Gulf of Mexico. And as part of the science, and of course it is science, about the uh, climate change phenomena, they keep talking about how the, uh, the water, the ocean water, is absorbing much of the, the heat that's mm-hmm. being produced from greenhouse gases, that the oceans are getting warmer. This is why uh, there's Arctic uh, melting occurring. There's melting occurring in Greenland. The Antarctic uh, shelf is falling into the ocean. It's also one of the reasons that coral reefs are suffering. Uh, The increase in water temperature uh, renders them dead, basically, and all the animal life that's sustained there dies off as well. And then, of course, with the overabundance of water, we have even troubling stories like an analysis of drinking water from three homes in Bradford County, Pennsylvania, Revealed traces of compounds found in the Marcella Shale drilling from fracking. Uh, these are the chemicals that are being pumped down into the ground, kind of a muckety muck, to create these little explosions in the rock fissure to get out these hydrocarbons that were burning. Oh, and there's a new line of ads on TV. I don't have the information in front of me of what uh, agency is doing these ads or, or under whose auspices the information is being distributed. But it's a, sort of a, oh, hey, fracking's not really bad at all. It's it's actually an energy-efficient way uh, to get more energy. Um, so there's uh, 
little bit of a BS campaign being run out there by uh, the powers of fracking to uh, convince everybody that it's it's really okay. But I think most uh, people have come to the conclusion that it's highly suspect. And this is not to diminish the uh, brutality and nastiness of ISIL, but an interesting item from the June 15 Harper Index. Estimated number of deaths caused by the Islamic State since 2014. 4,000 by Boko Haram. 7,200. So it's not just ISIL. There, of course, are numerous uh, Islamic radical groups that are creating all kinds of problems and unbelievable, an unbelievable swath of the planet at the moment. And, of course, there's no question that the number one story of the year is the just continuing human tragedy uh, taking place in Syria yeah. involving millions of people. This massive refugee problem that has now gone over a million people alone into Europe is a problem uh, that just won't go away. So uh, these, you know, are serious policy debates that we need to come up with creative solutions and real solutions for what's going on, not just demagoguery that we're getting, unfortunately, in the presidential uh, debates. Yeah, and kind of bizarre to see that uh, Donald Trump tied with the Pope in some recent poll of uh, who do you admire? <laughs> survey, you know, end-of-year survey question for uh, Americans. And I'm not sure who ran that that survey, but... Uh, Donald Trump's PR? <laughs> probably. I mean, that's a rather bizarre... I mean, you couldn't get two more uh, opposite types of people, uh, but they're tied for uh, admiration. Ah, okay. Well, that's surprising. Uh, I don't find too much to be admirable about Donald Trump, but I think he's going to get his comeuppance in Iowa in a couple of weeks. Obviously, it will come down to New Hampshire in to some degree, um, because I think you can kind of see some consolidation occurring within the the whole uh, doggone uh, race. Should be very interesting. Ted Cruz seems to be making his move. Rubio's making a bit of a move. Who would have thunk it? Chris Christie is making a move. But then he's been camped out in New Hampshire at the town meetings, and uh, sometimes the retail politics work in that environment. Yeah, I guess he's legally uh, obligated to uh, retain some sort of uh, at least mailing address in New Jersey, the state which he ostensibly is governor of. But uh, he's done precious little uh, in the local field for quite some time now. And again, I, I still say it's a year away. It's 11 months away. A year away so still. There's a lot of things that are going to go wrong for some of those guys. Well, just to remind you, you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Um, I'd like to thank Andrew for engineering this evening and Yazoo City Calling could be coming up uh, very soon right here on this fine station with the weather. Just hang around and listen to the radio tonight. Don't go anywhere. Every Saturday morning at 9 a.m., 
WCBN presents American Vernacular, a program dedicated to original performances of homemade music. From the parlors, kitchens, and backyards in communities across the country, displaying an incredible variety of regional styles. Vocal and instrumental. Sacred and secular. Songs and tunes from quadrant.